Um, hello, welcome to uh, pod three of Footy from Across the Pond. Uh, coming here from a studio in West LA. We've uh, gone big time. I'm JD, as usual, and I'm joined by Dave Matthews. Good morning. And Nick Madden. Good afternoon. Um, let's go straight into the big talking point of the weekend, which was uh, England's defeat to the Ukraine. Um, it was a game full of defensive howlers. Um, what are your thoughts on it, Dave? Um, well, <laughs> it was a bit of a mess that first half. I was watching highlights this morning because I didn't actually pay the money to watch it online. So How much was it, like um, 12, 12 pounds or something, just to see it online? Yeah, I think it was something like that. About four dollars. No, yeah, it was probably about twelve pound. What's that? And I just didn't want to pay it. So, <laughs> why not? Why not? So why, didn't, why didn't you want to pay? Well, we've already qualified. I knew we probably wouldn't play well, and I was proven right, so I decided not to. But I do watch the highlights, and England were absolutely atrocious. I, like, yeah, I can't believe that um, Ukraine walked all over the in- English defence. Um, Ashley Cole was definitely at fault for that first goal, trying to pull back in his own like 18-yard area, which I don't understand why he was doing that. And um, Rio Ferdinand letting the ball bounce over his head just for the Ukraine striker to come in and from no fault of his own Rob Green rushed out probably a very poor starting position but he ended up just jumping all over do you think Robert Green has, uh, has has ruined a chance now to possibly be a contender for the, the World Cup because he's come in uh, got sent off and then David James came in and, and played okay so do you think James is still number one yeah James definitely number one especially after that Superman save where he um, clawed it one handed just tipped it onto the post that was fantastic so let's go back to Rio Ferdinand because uh, he's actually been making a, a couple of cock-ups recently what's, what's going on? Well, apparently he's not fit he's only just got back from an injury and he's always traditionally a player who takes a bit of time to get his sharpness back and hopefully he's getting all the errors out of his game now before the summer and I'm sure United are hoping he gets them out of the way now before the crunch time because he wasn't that pretty on the weekend he was trying to play yeah. it just wasn't the Rio Ferdinand that we know so well and uh, it wasn't helped by having Ashley Carl has said as Nick said trying to do pullbacks in the middle of his own box and then Glenn Johnson just disappearing because Johnson's position at the weekend was very poor. And I like Glenn Johnson, but defensively he's very suspect. But I think he makes Who else would you have in board. there instead of uh, Glenn Johnson? I don't think there's anyone. Um, well, Wes Brown's not even fit and he was arguably the star of um, the Manchester United team when they went on to win the double. That was a season Wes ago. Brown was the star of the Man United team that yeah, won the double? His, yeah, you know when they won um, the European Cup Champions League and they won the league it was, it was fantastic that season he t- really grasped onto the position that, that Gary Neville's had for so many seasons I think he was one of the stars interesting okay. no one Michael Richards but he's even getting dropped by City right now so Glenn Johnson's the only option we got which doesn't look good okay no, fine if not we can, um, can't we through the you know the new ways of um, changing dual nationality. We could probably recall Cafu. We could, or I could find out that Nathaniel Klein. He's young. <laughs> I meant that ten minutes in, and we're talking about Palace already. Ten. Well done, Dave. Uh, Nick, do you want to explain these new rules for anyone that's not up to speed? Basically, if you um, understand what they mean. If you, if you're within the UK, so Northern Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, um, if you go to school in a country for um, five years for compulsory school before the age of 16, then you actually qualify for that country. So just say if um, if I was born in England and I went to school in Wales for five years, I could be a Welsh international without having any relatives play for Wales. So, so what, just, does this mean, what does this mean for England then? Who can we, can we realistically be targeting people that aren't English? Is there any good Scottish right backs out there? Just give <laughs> us a call. We'll Are there any good again. Scottish players out there? Yeah. Oh, Darren Fletcher. 
Mm. Easily Darren Fletcher. He's played every game that he plays for Manchester United. They end up winning. They end up winning on draw. And if he's out of the side, they actually end up losing the game. No way. True facts. Yeah. Are, you, are you telling me that Man United's best two players are Darren Fletcher and Wes Brown? Well, no, not Wes Brown. But if he gets recovers from he injury, he was the star of the Champions League. He was a star. Okay. Was anyway, a star that season. That right. was two seasons ago. Though. We're going off track. We're going off season. track. Yeah. Next England game is Belarus on Wednesday. Uh, no Stephen Gerrard. Probably no Rooney. The big man starting Crouch. Crouch. Crouch oh, can't even get a game for Spurs Crouch and yet he's starting for England. He's going to go with the big man and the little man. Well, the little nippy man up front. What do you because, reckon is going to happen? How do you see it going? Well, to be fair, it's Belarus. Like, <laughs> we should, it, it shouldn't even be... We should win the game comfortably, hopefully give a few players a chance to get a run out and then finish off in style. It'd be good to win the game just because we don't want to uh, go into the World Cup on the back of two competitive poor performances. Who else would you like to see get a run out? Um, James um, Milner, he came on and he looked very, very sharp in the game against don't Ukraine. Say, if you say Stuart Down, they're not going to hit you. Stuart Down is still injured, but I love Stuart Down. <laughs> I don't know I who else there is. He's easily going to go to Ashley the Ashley Young. Is Ashley he in the Young? squad? Okay. Um, yeah, he should be. Who else do you think deserves, in or out of the squad, who else do you think deserves a call-up at the moment? Or at least a chance? Kevin Davis from Bolton. <laughs> has he, he ever played he for England? Has he ever played for Has he ever played for England? No, he hasn't. Seriously? And he cost them. Um, he once cost Blackburn ten million pounds. Oh, no, it was seven million. Seven million. Was it seven million? Yeah, it wasn't ten. Was it? it was a lot though at the time. And he was terrible with bonuses and agent. Fees. He was terrible. I, I think that's weird though because he has always he's always scored goals wherever he's gone. Oh, okay, apart from Blackburn. But certainly at Bolton recently he's been doing really well. So it's surely by by the nature of uh, you know the way football works he should at least get a chance. The only goalie I could think, the only striker I could think of is Darren Bent. He should be at least yeah. in the squad for this game. Pff, apart from that, like there aren't exactly many English players who are. Performing like no, <laughs> basically. All right, that's fast forward. I feel really f- sorry for Aaron Lennon at the weekend for getting taken off in like the 13th minute just because of Rio Ferdinand mm. and Robert, Robert Green. It happens. Yeah, well, they should have took off maybe someone like Heskey who hasn't even played for Aston Villa this season. He's put, made one start, so. Let's fast forward to uh, June 2010, South Africa. How do you see England's chances? We're going to win. <laughs> why not? Let's be positive. No, I, you know, it's not I having a Sun tabloid writer in the in the. I don't, I don't see why we we got a good chance of going there, and I mean, semi-finals be realistic. Uh, it all depends on if other teams qualify, because we seem to have a knack of always losing to Portugal, but they're not guaranteed to be there right now. Or Argentina, or Argentina, and they're in uh, not too good position right now as well. So yeah, I think obviously you got Spain, you got Brazil. I think we're in the next category below that. I think. Right, quick predictions. What do you reckon? Screw it, England to win the World Cup. Win the World oh Cup. My God. It's going to happen. Nick. I would say Scotland, but they're not even in it. So. <laughs> um, I think it's just going to go to maybe, I'm going to say either Germany Ugh. or um, or Brazil. Just for the simple reasons, they will power through. And, and England's chances? How far um, do you reckon they'll England go? England will probably get to the quarterfinals and mess up. On penalties. Yeah, unless unless they go for um, David Beckham for right back. For <laughs> Controversial. There's been like someone who's trying to start a petition to get Beckham playing right back. He would be brilliant. What? He would be Why? absolutely Why brilliant. Why would he be brilliant? Because right he could at least still deliver the ball. He's still on the field. That's what we need. We need his fantastic delivery to into someone like. Yeah, but has he got Esky. any defensive skills? I mean, we're talking about Glenn Johnson, who's great going forward. Would Beckham even know how to play right back? We know the position. At least Beckham won't run forward because he can't. He can't. Run <laughs> <forward>. <laughs> he will literally just be. Um, It'll just be stationary in his position. He'll just get the ball to feet and he'll just ping it over like a big quarterback. And then he'll... Um, a big quarterback. Okay, wins. anyway, you've been in America too long. Um, <laughs> let's talk about other teams that, um, that have qualified um, or that haven't quite qualified. Argentina. 
Dave. Oh, they, 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 they nearly messed up. I will ask you a scary case. So they were 1 0 up, and then Peru equalised in the 90th minute. Argentina then Martin Palermo, who came on at half time ahead of Carlos Tevez and Sergio Aguero, which was seen as a bit of a bad decision. Maradona's making all sorts of bad decisions. Apparently, the other day, I don't know, was it this weekend he started a 36 year old at centre back? Yeah, he, he was called up a couple of months ago for his first ever international first of the game, camp. He's 36. But Palermo. But Palermo got the winner. And then Peru managed to nearly score from the halfway line straight from straight kick-off, from kickoff, hit the crossbar. But they lost uh, Argentina one-two-one. But Uruguay are still the team to beat, and Argentina are playing them tomorrow. And if Argentina do not win tomorrow, then they're basically relying on Ecuador to lose to Chile, or Argentina will not be in it at all. They'll probably make the playoffs, but again, they're relying on other results if they can't get their own results. So now, speaking we'll of the see. playoffs, there's been a new thing coming about um, seeding. Good old set blatter. What are he your thoughts it. on that? Well, I was asking my rant on this, but I'm just going to say that, obviously, I think... It's, un- it's like unfair. It's unfair. Like Obviously, Portugal and France are going to get seeded. Mm. I think the other two teams are going to be Russia and they're probably saying... Who are the other team they're sending it? Um, they were saying Ukraine. Greece. I think they're saying Ukraine or Greece, one of them yeah. two. Then the teams like Ireland are not going to get seeded. But just to clarify, the teams that go into the playoffs will be seeded so yeah. that big teams will be playing little and teams. And this decision yeah, not made before the start. So it's basically, of it's basically going to give the, the bigger teams that have scraped through to the playoffs a better chance of qualifying. Exactly. So any team can play Bosnia, basically. Right. Yeah. It's a bit like Richard Scudamore coming out halfway through the season. And because Man United are, if they were ever in a position where they were struggling down the bottom, saying, oh, only two teams are going to get relegated this year. We're going to change the system. You can't do it. You've got to set, stay with the system you start with. And well, that happened, didn't it? That happened a couple of years ago um, when they when they took the Premier League from 22 teams to 20. And guess which team and got four s- teams went and relegated. Guess which team got screwed over, had the highest points total ever going down. We had like 49 points. Yeah, Palace. Palace of course. Of We'd have made Europe in any other season with that point total. Probably. I know. <laughs> Never gonna Let's look it. at some of the other uh, the other groups. Uh, teams have already qualified: Netherlands, Spain, Germany, Denmark, Serbia, and Italy, who got a last-minute equaliser against Ireland to send them through, pushing Ireland into the playoffs again. Anyone see this game? Yeah, I saw. I saw the game, and um, what a great goal by Glenn Whelan! If you're going to beat Buffon, it has to be something special, and it was something special. It was a fantastic shot. Yep, he was. Um, it was. He's um, been a revelation under Trapattoni for um, the Northern Ireland side. And then Sean Senledger scored a header in the 87th minute. You're thinking, yes, Ireland are going to win this. Then Italy put it back just in the last minutes with um, Gilardino. So they done it in. They done it two years ago, didn't they, for the campaign against Scotland? They yep. scored a minute goal again to qualify. They seem to just have a knack of it again, the Italians. So they're fluking their way to competitions and they'll probably fluke their, their way to at least the final this year again. Because I, I just do not rate Italy right now. I just I don't rate the whole setup of their team and no they haven't got a great squad they haven't not like previous years they haven't got that real standout player they didn't do well in the Confederations Cup either yeah they, they were very poor but so. I told you it was going to be a draw though yeah. knew it was going to be a draw you did we'll get, we'll get on to that um, Portugal need to beat the might of Malta to get a playoff spot that's going to be the easiest match ever Oh, there's, ne- there's never an easy game in international football. That's what my dad kept telling me all these times. But no, you got fans and finishing that off and then qualifying. There oh no, they won't go through automatically though. That'll just be for the playoffs because uh, Swe- I think Sweden, Denmark have already yeah. gone through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's just for a playoff spot. Portugal aren't there even will win on Wednesday, but well now because probably, of the seeding, they probably will get through. They'll get they'll play Bosnia or Ireland. Yeah, Bosnia, Bosnia are like one of the worst teams in it, even though they've um, actually done really well within their qualifying campaign. Got like something like 19 points. Yeah. Just because of um, that player, um, Zeko plays for um, 
is it Wolfsburg? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, Zeko, yeah. the Wolfsburg striker. Yeah. He's actually pretty good. Okay, but and in England's group, uh, Ukraine need to beat Andorra. Um, oh, you know, I'm kind of happy, you know, somewhere else, I know we <laughs> lost, but I'm kind of happy we did help Ukraine because I don't want to see Croatia go through. Why not? Just because they stitched us over two years ago. Well, McLaren did, but I still blame Croatia. <laughs> I think it was actually the American, yeah, American football played on England the Wembley pitch. Just talking over. solely about Ukraine right now, obviously they're, they're hosting the European Championships in 2012 alongside Poland. Now, for those of you who watched the game at the weekend, I think there must have been at least 20 flares thrown on the pitch during the whole game. And if that had been in an England game at Wembley, we would have the book thrown us. We'll probably be chucked out the whole tournament. And so why are teams on the continent allowed to, uh, allowed to get away with it? It frustrates me because if any bit of trouble happens back in England, we literally get in a lot of Do you want to save that for your rant as well? Oh, I could do. But I thought the flares, that was a real big issue. The game was delayed by up to five minutes and the ref apparently did threaten to uh, bring the players off and postpone the game or abandon it, but he didn't. Cause it yeah, it would have been a great shame if they abandoned the game though, to be fair. All that, all them millions and millions of subscribers on the internet would have got ripped off. Yeah, can you imagine if they'd actually had to abandon it halfway through? Would they give a full refund to all the internet subscribers? Or? I have no idea. Suppose yeah. it was a big success, though. It was. You know, I can't believe anybody would tune in when you can just go down the road and go to your local pub and you know some dodgy pub has got it on the TV screen. Or if you're intelligent like some people, you know, you could probably find a live stream on the internet anyway. Which Not, not that we condone uh, no, we illegal condone downloading. That, apparently no. that could have been done. Okay, anything else in the qualifiers you want to talk about? Anything else that, that popped up? USA qualified. Oh, we should mention that, being yeah, as we are in California. The there. They're home and dry. What are your thoughts on that? Um, the chan- their chances are going to be okay. Um, Landon Donovan scored a great goal, and Connor Casey scored two goals. And oh, the, Connor Casey. Yeah, the Colorado Rapids striker. Um, yeah, Donovan finished it off and made it 3-2, so... They got not high hopes. Obviously, they don't win in the Confederations Cup. Obviously, they beat Spain, which really did gather a lot of interest around here. But World Cup's different. But yeah, I think if they can get through their group stages, they could be a bit of a threat. I wouldn't want to play them in a in a knockout game. There's something about playing the US, especially for England. Like we spend all our time over here as coaches helping them out. It's gonna be the day when they beat us in a World Cup, where we're gonna think we've made the ball. He'll, he'll be our fault. <laughs> We so produced that fault. kid who scored the goal and beat us. <laughs> Do you think they'll be able to equal or better their their quarterfinal place in 2002 World Cup, Japan? Um, probably not. I think quarterfinals is a realistic aim for the US. Will they be seeded they in their group? Are they are they top eight? Are they top eight seed in the FIFA rankings? Because they, they get probably seeded are, they in they the, play yeah. rubbish teams in this this section. They'll probably be seeded in their actual group, so they'll probably get through. And then it obviously depends on who they play in the second round. So yeah, I think they'll they'll make it through the knockout stages, and then it depends. Who they I think the thing was in two thousand two, they were a bit of a surprise package. That's probably not the case anymore. Do you think? Well, after the Confederations Cup, they're a bit. Ne- then they're now known more. They weren't lucky in the Confederations. Like they played Brazil in that final, and if Brazil hadn't scored that goal straight after half time, I think they would have fancied their chances. But then Brazil got the upper hand in that game and went on to win. But do people in Europe do you think take are starting to take the USA seriously as a football team? Well, they're goalies definitely. Yep. Because they've, got, they've always had fantastic goalkeepers. There's a lot of so it's going to be hard to get past them. And um, at least the MLS is getting more publicised now because of obviously Beckham moving here, the Beckham factor. So the people would be um, wary of a couple of the American players. Like Clint Dempsey's been a success in the Premier League. And Eddie Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ed. No, Altidore as well. And Adu, I don't know if Freddie Adu, if he's, I think he's in the national team, he's pretty good. And he's then, in the uh, under-21s. Yeah. yeah but I mean, there'll be a the threat. Workout. I mean, that, that's definite, definitely a threat of some sort. Okay, excellent. Well, look, I think that wraps up our um, international section. So let's move on to matters closer to home. Obviously, there was no Premier League.
stuff at the weekend. Um, but we're going to step down a league and look at the championship um, because there are some interesting games coming up. Um, Cardiff City, who are chasing promotion, have got Palace at the weekend. Yeah. Um, who who do you see as a as serious uh, promotion contenders, Dave? Newcastle. Ooh, I think Cardiff are going to be up there. Definitely. Michael Chopra just seems to be banging in the goals. Just come back home to David Jones. I'm sure he's given him a big hug after his time at Sunderland. And he's managed to score a load of goals. He's got They've got a great squad there. Ross McCormick's a fantastic player as well. Newcastle, just because... You look at their midfield, the midfielders they've got. It's premiership quality. Up front, not as much. Although they got Marlon Harewood in on loan. Surely oh, Amiobi's found his, uh, found his level, hasn't he? He's, he's been injured. It took about, so no. it took about 10 years of his career to find what level he's supposed to what be. What about in January, though? Do you think Newcastle have got a risk of losing some of their, some of their first team players t- you in know, January? It depends on the takeover. Are they actually going to get bought out? Like, from what I gather, um, Mike Ashley's still the man in charge there. So it all depends about that. And obviously, the thing is, Chris Hewitt could actually spend the whole season and get him up. And everyone just seems to be fobbing him off and thinking they need a new manager. But he's doing pretty good so far. Like, they've actually, I think Newcastle's still top, aren't they? Are they still? I think they are. Um, what yeah, about um, Middlesbrough, Mike? Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. yeah. That's They're looking good under Gareth Southgate. We've got a lot of young players, so they probably need to buy in some experience. But they just signed Sean St. Ledger, who scored the goal for Probably Violence, signed him on loan, yeah. which I can't believe Preston. They're up there as well. can't believe Preston let him go. So And then West Brom. West Brom are always going to be up there. They, just got, they know that league inside out. Although West Brom, since their 5-0 demolition of Middlesbrough, have struggled in their in, in, in their game since, including a home defeat against a certain Crystal Palace. Yeah, well, I mean, West Brom are, are naturally going to be up there, but they're always going to have a game or two because teams see them as the big game they play against, like when they're playing against Newcastle and Middlesbrough. Yeah, you have three big cup finals at home and away, so you know you're going to up your game for the big games. But uh, West Brom will be up there. It's going to be them three. Them three will be vying for the top two, and then it's going to be a, probably a, another six teams going for that playoff spot. Whether Palace are there or not, I've, I really don't see that happening but we'll Digging to West Brom um, Roman Bednar their striker who was uh, recently caught trying to um, traffic drugs into the country um, was said he was uh, received the most abuse from anyone was actually from the Crystal Palace players uh, most particularly uh, Sean Derry who's the captain of the team should be leading by example how do you feel as a Palace fan Dave about that well it, he's trafficking drugs you know the guy has shouldn't be on a football field if he's doing that he just shouldn't be if he's drug dealing, what is he doing on the football? Yeah, how do you feel about the banter he's getting from, I think from he's the players? He's a person. He deserves it. I'm sorry, you know, at the end of that, it could be worse. I mean, getting a bit of banter, you, you get that. You know, and I'm sure Sean Day was giving it in a good spirit. Roman Bedlar well, and worked. Adrian Mutu would be a fantastic strike partnership, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> be very controversial with the drugs. Sniffing away at the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Poacher's instinct. <laughs> All right, okay, let's move down. They really division. stick the needle in the defence. <laughs> I can't think. I can't think of any others. Um, Notts County, where it's it's all happening. Um, they've sacked Ian McParlin. They're only fifth in the league. Um, my stat here says that the no managers lasted two seasons, and since since Neil Warnock, yeah, um, who's also been linked with the job, as has Roberto Mancini. <laughs> <laughs> They're in dreamland, aren't they? They've got loads of money though, so. I'm sure they can just... Um, oh, that's got to be the first time that Neil Warnock and Roberto Mancini have ever been mentioned in the same sentence. Yeah, no. I know. I just don't see why they just don't give it to Ericsson. He's basically in charge anyway. And I'd love to see Sven actually managing in League One or League Two, whatever they're in. It'd be pretty funny. There's reports that he's actually going to walk away from the job. Is he? Yeah, because they're trying to find out actually who the owner is. Because it's some Swiss consortium, but really it's someone from the Far East that's just pumping loads of money into a Swiss consortium and nobody knows who this person from the Far East is. So 
it's going to be really interesting when the football league actually crack down, find out who the owner is, and whether it's actually, you know, going to be a profitable business in the future. Is this all a bit? Yeah. Is this all a bit worrying though, for football? What having loads of investors coming in? The, the whole thing at North County. Uh, yeah, I saw him a report in um, the paper the other day that um, the um, ten teams are going to be taken over by Saudi Arabian businessmen within the next couple of years. In the football years. league. Our Palace predicted yeah, to be one. Well, ninety-two <laughs> leagues. I hope so. Well, ninety-two we clubs it. in the four leagues, but they want ten clubs, from, like by Saudi Arabian owners, which is quite scary that English football is going to be taken over by every foreign. But English football needs country. investment. Yeah, the problem is here. Obviously, the clubs who get bought out are going to benefit, but then you get the clubs on the complete other end of the spectrum, like uh, Chester City, for example, who are now in the conference they're on minus 20 points they started on minus 25 i think they went into administration twice in the last year like you look at that and it just doesn't work out you get some clubs who benefit from obviously a takeover then you get chester completely other end of the scale and they're struggling to stay stay afloat and you need to even out a bit which how being, would you even it out i know i know that's a million dollar question but more than a million dollars i think wage cap, I think <laughs> how wage, would you even i think obviously over here we've got the uh, wage uh, cap in Set up. I think it's definitely in the top flight. We should definitely introduce that to start with, and then level it out to all the leagues below. Because I think that would then have a more level playing field. So clubs wouldn't get bought out as much because there's no point. Because if you're bringing big players in, you're not going to be able to justify it with the big wages. So players aren't going to be as interested in going. So then everyone's going to be on a more level playing field. Wage yeah. capping's got to come in because the game's going out of control. How much is Ronaldo on at Real Madrid? How much? Crazy amounts. A lot. A lot. Probably two hundred and fifty grand a week. Yeah, with, yeah, and <laughs> but that's obviously converted into euros, so I'm sure that's um, about the same rate. Mm. Okay, all right, thank you very much, chaps. Uh, let's move on to our next part of the show, which is Dave's 60 second rant. Um, Ooh, what you say? Ooh, what is David gonna say? He's got 60 seconds to rant. What you gonna say? What you say, Dave? Oh, I don't, I think I can't Your 60 seconds, yeah. I'm gonna mention the set bladder thing now. Now. <laughs> I think with the way the FIFA have dealt with this, they've gone with it the completely wrong way. If they had decided to have seeding for the playoff games for the qualifying uh, European qualification for the World Cup, they should have done it before any game has started. But to introduce it m- midway through the actual campaign is completely wrong because it basically looks like they're trying to increase the chances of teams like France and Portugal going to the World Cup when they haven't actually deserved it going on their performances. So I think that's probably another... Balls up of a decision by Sepp Blatter and FIFA. And 30 seconds. Goes against the whole meaning of a World Cup. You want a team who deserves to be there, should be there. And you shouldn't be taking away that chance by giving the better teams an advantage. And apparently the seeding is also going to mean you're going to get the home game second, which is a big advantage because obviously you can go away, get a reasonably good result and then finish it off at home. So yeah, the seeding shouldn't have been in place, simple. If it had been, it should have been at the start of the campaign. Well done. Still got six seconds left. How do you want to feel that? England are going to win the World Cup. <laughs> Come on, England. That was a That's because they're not in the playoffs. That was a waste of six seconds. Okay. <laughs> Let's look closer to home, or current home, which is here in the US. Um, David Beckham has been linked again with AC Milan. Yeah, he's going to go back, but um, there's reports that AC Milan aren't going to actually pay the full wage that he's on per week. And they only want to pay 40 grand and not the 70 grand he's on. So supposedly he's going to go back. It's all tied up, the deal, but it's just wrangles over pay. But it'll be, um, be nice to see Beckham come back to the Premiership. I'd rather see him there than going back to Serie A, to a struggling AC Milan side. I don't see which Premiership club would take him, though. 
Like the Tot- top- Tottenham would take him. Harry Redknapp would take anybody. Yeah, he'll, they, he, Tottenham probably would take him actually. But I can't see him wanting to go to Tottenham if he's got a chance of playing for AC Milan. Like even though they're struggling, they're still in the Champions League. It's guaranteed Champions League football for him. But I think Beckham's going to retire at the end of this season anyway. I think he's waiting for the World Cup. He's literally holding on to hope that he goes to the World Cup, wins the World Cup, and I think he'll retire. So this could be the, the last time we see him in the US then. Definitely, I, I, he won't come back. I think this year's done. If he if he wins the playoffs with Galaxy. He's done anything. He, he's come over. He's won with the LA Galaxy. That's yeah, but he was, that wasn't done. his thing. His thing was to come over here and be a pioneer of, of, of this new wave of soccer for the US. And he certainly hasn't done that. Well, if not, yeah, I mean, he's got a contract where um, he can buy a franchise. So he might just buy his own team. He might do. And then he can still be part of the wave. Hmm. He might even buy LA Galaxy and change it to DB Galaxy. Well, he could start a franchise in Vegas. I think that'd go down quite well. I'll be up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go coach him in Vegas, personally. I'd happily start an academy out there and help Beckham produce in Las Vegas. Any of the news from the MLS this week, boys? There's no game. Was it any games? Oh, no, there was. I don't know what happened because it was international weekend. It's the um, only, two, it's two the, last one. It's the only Premier like League in the whole of the world that continued despite international break, which, you know, because half the players don't play internationally. So, all I know is the playoffs are up and coming and Galaxy are there. Okay. Yeah, Good stuff. waiting for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, next next part of the show is um, coaching story of the week. So, what is your funniest story from the week, guys, from your week of coaching uh, over here in California? Oh, I've got a few funny ones. But I don't want to be harsh because I, I know kids aren't listening, but some of the standard of kids out there that we coach are uh, not the best. Like we're currently in the studio right now, and one of the guys in listening with us, he uh, he coaches a local uh, soccer team in the area. And he's been very unfortunate where he hasn't been drafted the best selection of kids and he's got two players at the other end of the spectrum. And they're, bless them, they're lovely kids, but, they, you know, he's doing a great job coaching them and trying to encourage them to play the game in the right way. But, you know, they do. They would be better off being professional chess players at a young age because they've got no coordination, which I think is quite funny watching them play soccer. But that's why you're here to help, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, co- we're not even helping. You can't coach the uncoachable. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot help. Okay, my, sto- my story this week, I was, uh, I was coaching uh, um, some U6 girls and I was just talking through a game and I, I, you have to rattle through them quickly with, with the kids of that age because they lose their concentration. So I was telling them how to play this game. Um, it was called Dr. Laser, which I invented. And, <laughs> um, and all you have to do is kick the soccer balls at the kids and they've got to avoid it. And after, after I finished talking... I was just about to say, right, go. And this little girl taps me on the shoulder and goes, what are you talking about? And that was, I thought, great. I have absolutely absolutely no authority here whatsoever. No one knows what I'm going on about. (laughs) It's because it's Dr. Laser, a made-up game. The kids love it. Um, Okay, next part of the show is, ooh, fantasy that, where we talk about our fantasy teams. So, how are your teams getting on this week, boys? Mine are in second. Really, really happy about that. Who are your star players? Um, Drogba. Drogba, he's, he's the man. And I managed to um, bag Cesc Fabregas and he ended up scoring um, 20 points for all his assists in the 6-2 game against um, Blackburn and that beautiful peach of a left foot goal. Dave? Yeah, well, I made a few changes after last week, but obviously they haven't actually come into play yet because we haven't had any games. But I bought Vermeulen in because he seems to be getting a lot of goals from the back. And uh, I think I... Tr- I, bought, I bought Giggs in as well. I think for... I got, actually, I think I placed him for, I think, Ashley Young. And they were the same price, so I was pretty happy with that. So, yeah, Giggs is in. So I'm looking forward to this weekend and hopefully going back to the top because Nick has overtaken me. Yes. Just because Torres had an off day at Chelsea. Who are your tips for the weekend? Any players that people should be getting in? Um, 
Oh, Whoever is planning its hole, get a striker in. You'll <laughs> 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 just get Darren Bent in. Just get Darren Bent. Because yeah, Darren Bent's a constant scoring. And get Tammy Cohen for midfield. He's like really, really cheap. You're obsessed with him. Yeah, I think he's great. I think I'm going to check him with football manager and see if they got him right. Plays a Bolton, yeah? Yeah, and um, he's helped changing the style of their play. They're not just lumping it up to the forward, just playing long ball. They're actually playing it on the floor. Really? This is the first Bolton team I've seen in 10 years. Is he like their new version of Yuri Jokaev? Is he like the, the guy who just picks it up behind him? Well, he's Israeli, and so he might be the new Ayo Berkovich. Could be the new Ayo Berkovich. Fam- famous on the pond. In 20 years' time, we could, we could be doing an article on the, this guy on the pond. What's his name again? Tamir Cohen. Tamir Cohen. He could be the next I think he's boy. George Cohen's son, someone told me. Really? <laughs> he's not. George Cohen's son is Ben Cohen, who plays rugby for England. Maybe it's his illegitimate son. Maybe he's been Speaking canoe- of Ile Berkovic, and here's a seamless Israel. link, uh, it's now time for Nick's Where Are They Now player profile thing. Oh, I like that. So, who is your player profile for this week? Right, where well, he's um, a Costa Rican international or former international. He's the absolute man. And um, his name, funnily enough, is, um, is named after a bit of food. What bit of food is that? Um, if you want to chop. <laughs> you want to chop. <laughs> if you want to chop. Paolo, want to chop. <laughs> I know, obviously, um, that was a crazy joke, but um, Paolo was, um, Paolo, or his um, real name, Paolo Cesar One Chop Watson. One Chop Watson? What a what a cool <laughs> that name. sounds more like a nickname. <laughs> he, was, um, he was born in um, July 1976 in Hendera. Um, Paolo Wanchop began his career for his um, local team, CS Hendero. Although um, nobody actually knew about Paolo because um, he was over in America, aged 18, over here in um, a basketball scholarship. Really? Yeah. What college <laughs> is he at? I'm interested in Southern it? California. So was he? Where, but he was close to us. And then Paolo Wanchop was supposedly going to be the next LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. He was going to be the next big, big, biggest. He has got the what size happened? He is huge, he is by the way. He's six foot four. He is massive. And he was really a great, like, great athlete. He was very, like, silky with his movement. So what happened then with the, with the basketball? And then what he did is um, he was playing basketball in college. Everything was going great. And then his future looked destined. Like, maybe going to play in the NBA. And then he went home to Costa Rica. And he was just like, oh, um, just, yeah, I'll have a kick around with some of my friends. And he got spotted by the coach of the professional team. Playing with his friends, just mucking about, and he just said, "Can you sign?" And he's like, "Okay." So he dropped out of them, um, dropped out of college, and played for their team. And then, month like weeks later, he was in the first team. Months later, he was then called up to the Costa Rican national team. <laughs> so he, he transition. Playing, and he was playing against the U.S. He was playing against the U.S. and he was doing fantastic. He um really was he was impressing in this game and he got spotted by um, a local a local scout who was actually English he was um, he was um, he was in USA at the time playing I think he was an ex-Arsenal player and um, he recommended him over to QPR so he took they took one chop and they took Mauricio Solis which is his um, international partner and they took him both over to Queen's Park Rangers but they were rejected so then he called up Jim Smith the old Derby boss, and he goes, yeah, I'll take him. And he sent over a video, and he wa- just watched a video of him, and he thought, oh, brilliant, I'll sign him both up. So there wasn't a video up. of him playing basketball? <laughs> Maybe. 
where um, Derby used to play back in the day. <laughs> oh, I don't mess with Big Jim. I love Jim Smith. <laughs> no, I do love Big Jim. But um, he came to the Premier League in 1997, and um, it was something like £500,000, so it was a really minimal fee. And he scored in his debut. Does anybody remember that goal Old against Trafford, Manchester United? Yeah. He took around every single player. That yeah, he dribbled past. from his own half. He dribbled all the way up the field, t- past four defenders, made Gary Pallister look like a fish out of water. And he managed to slot it um, past Schmeichel. And what a great intro- introduction to the Premier League. He scores in his debut, becomes a fan's favourite straight away. And then he played for two seasons um, with, the, with the Rams, scoring 28 goals and 83 appearances. And while his time at um, Derby really became a cult f- figure and Alan Hansen joked around and um, wanted to change the name of Match of the Day to One Chop of the Day. Um, that he, um, doesn't have the same ring to it, to be honest. I know, but it, it was brilliant because he said that this player is like, he should he should be player of the year. One week he's absolutely sublime and then the other day, the other week he's absolutely ridiculous. Is that equal measure? He's either going to be your best player and ultimate star and do something Amazing, where he was like juggling the ball, like right near um right near the corner flag, just juggling, making Lee Dixon look like um look an idiot. Look like yeah, look like an, an idiot. idiot. Like he wasn't even there, just juggling the ball, just messing around, and then he would just miss from like six yards. Just yeah, he did miss a few sitters as well. I remember some of his yeah, his lack of concentration wasn't wasn't the greatest. It, it would be magnificent and crazy, but it was funny like to see Alan Hansen really tipping him to be a player for the future. And then he made the move to West Ham, and West Ham spent nearly £5 million on him in 1999. He didn't really settle into the West Ham's play, even though, he, despite 15 goals, they sold him a season later. They said, no, sorry, you're not cut out to be a West Ham player. And um, they got in Davos Suko instead and Freddie Canute. So um, they had five strikers on their books. So then they sold him off to Man City, and he joined them for £3.6 million which was a record at the time. And he ended up um, playing alongside George Weah and Sean Gota. So feed the goat and he will score. Feed the chop. <laughs> feed the chop and he'll stick it on the grill. So um, he played for Man City. Um, in his first season in the Premier League, they actually got relegated. And, um, you know, it wasn't a great season for him. He was him. a real lucky charm there then. Yeah, real lucky charm. But he managed to... Um, he managed to help them get promoted and his important goals helped them get promoted from the first division which um, a former Isle Berkovich was actually in the same team as him so. oh was he part of that team yeah he was part of that team oh. and so he managed to score loads of goals and um, they got back up to the Premier League and he helped them survive from relegation in 2003-2004 season and he spent a total of four seasons there scored them a lot of goals but it's mainly plagued by injuries so when he was injured obviously like they didn't get a lot out of him throughout the time probably missed a total of maybe two seasons games because of injury but when he was playing he was scoring a load of goals like he scored about 12 goals and 15 appearances which is a brilliant return and then um, while he was actually playing at city his um his strike for the strike force was one chop dick off that's unfortunate that was awesome. so one chop of your dick off so they were a fantastic strike strike force and then he ended up um, moving to la liga in 2004-2005 where he moved um, to Malaga for one season but um, injuries really plagued his career and then he went for skints back to his old club in Hiradero. Um he went to Qatar as well and he also went to Argentina and played for Rioso Central he went to FC Tokyo played in the J League 
and it then finally and ended up playing for Chicago Fire in the MLS. That's some serious air miles. Yeah, well, um, just through um, 2004 to 2007, he just really racked up the appearances for all these clubs. Ended up scoring quite a few goals, but he was just injured a lot of the time as well. But um, he was a Costa Rican hero for his national team. Um, he helped them win se- several gold cups, and he also helped Costa Rica reach the World Cup finals in 2002 and 2006. He ended up scoring um, two goals of the tournament against um, Germany in the opening, opening game. game. Yeah, yeah. he really. That was in 2006. And he managed to knock up an incredible 45 goals in 75 international appearances. And he's the second highest scorer in Costa Rica's football history. So, Do we know who first is? Um, it's um, Fonseca. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Good knowledge. See? Good knowledge. <laughs> Don't know when Fonseca played. Or What's what? he up to now? What's he up to now? Um, well, in 2007, November 2007, after a 13-year career, he decided to hang up his boots and retired because of his physical shape but um, it's funny he was 31 at the time when he retired so obviously it showed injury really played a part in the end of his career and then what he wanted to do was um, he completed his coaching badges he wanted to um, accomplish a coaching career in England and he took um, a coaching job in his here and Dero for a here and Dero team and he was youngest ever manager to play in Costa Rica's well, to manage in Costa Rica's first division. And um, he's um, he's been a success there. He got a um, runner-up spot, which is brilliant. So, And uh, what does the future hold for, uh, for Mr. One Chop? Well, hopefully um, hopefully he'll come over to um, in- England and then become a manager. It would be brilliant if he could. Like, um, I just want to read just one little quote from Paolo. This just sums up pa- Paolo completely when he was at um, Derby. And... He said about he was talking about Jim Smith and he said the manager um, can't do anything in the game. He cannot be telling you do this, do that specifically. You have to be spontaneous. It's something that um he sh- that he should see talking about Jim Smith. He should see as an asset rather than a problem. He signed me because of my my style is good. If I play if I don't play for my style, then I'm not one chop. It would be very boring as a player always doing the same thing it'll be easy to defend at the same time if um if i take the ball past three or four players and i score nobody says nothing but if i take it past two or three players and lose the ball it's the risk of the game you have to take a chance if you're a striker it doesn't take if you don't take that chance then you won't score a goal wise words from mr one chop welcome into the hall of fame anyone noticed the link between the last uh, one chop and the last two people well, um, they all all ended up playing for um, West Ham, which was fantastic. And um, that Paolo, was the link I was looking for. Congratulations! Yeah, and then Paolo and Paolo from last week. And then Paolo and Paolo. Um, so. Okay, You're very good, Nick. Thank you very much for that. Uh, the next part of the show is the emails. Do we have any? No. Okay, Actually, moving on no, to the next don't. part of the show. Please email though. What's the email address? Foodypod at gmail dot com. If you want. Yeah. Email. Send us anything. Well, whatever you want. Two, any, yeah. Any funny stories? Any links? Whatever. Yeah, me and Dave wanted to watch The Damned United last night. Obviously, I'm sure people in England have watched it previously. The Brian Clough film? Yes. Yeah, watched it um, about six months ago, but it's now coming over to America. It's a really good watch, so I recommend it to anybody to learn about Brian Clough and his brilliant managerial career. A few things I noticed about that. Also, it was based back in the early 70s. And one thing I love, firstly, 
All the players used to smoke back in the day. They all used to survive. So a lot of players do now. Yeah, not Zinedine, Zinedine Zidane, one of the best players ever. Chain smoking. just a shot. They all while they're smoking. And the one thing I liked as well was that it was just so old-fashioned. Like I love the fact that you know they really did create. It was a great film. The way they recreated the olden days, like the, the kits, the way they yeah, the tracksuits. That's brilliant. Billy Bremner, <laughs> old Billy. But it was a great film, and I was very interested to see how Brian Clough actually, because I didn't realise that he did so bad at Leeds. I didn't realise it all went wrong from there, and uh, he was just a great man. And well, unfortunately, his family weren't very happy about the film or the book. But let's gloss over that. It was a good film, so and yeah. uh, move on to um, put a quid on it. Oh yeah, the accumulator. accumulator. So Nick, how did we do last week? Um, James, you ended up getting free right. You got the England result wrong. Dave ended up getting free right as well. He got um, the Bolivia <laughs> the Bolivia result wrong because Bolivia won against Brazil. And I ended up getting two right and two wrong. So I was all equals. So I what's the score Scotland at the moment win. then? So um, James, you're on four. I'm on three, but Dave is a winner of five at well, the moment. So leader, hopefully it will change winner. this weekend because James, you have Aston Villa versus Chelsea. Oh, I win. AW. What about Manchester United versus Bolton? Home win. What about These are easy. Sunderland versus Liverpool? Away win. Easy. Ooh, I don't know. Okay, and Cardiff versus Crystal Palace. Easy. Home win. <laughs> <laughs> Betting against your own team. Love it. Um, Dave, you have Arsenal versus Birmingham. Home win. You have um, Portsmouth versus Spurs. Ooh. Yeah, yeah a draw. I'm going to go for a draw for that game. Uh, good, good man. I would have said a draw. What about... Um, Blackburn versus Burnley. Uh, but, oh, I would, I'm going to say draw. Burnley haven't actually got a great away record, but Blackburn just ain't that good. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> can, nobody can see this, but they, um, <laughs> James is holding up a D shape for a draw, but he's holding it backwards, so he looks really stupid. And <laughs> um, what about Fulham versus Hull? <laughs> no chance Hull are going to get up in there. Fulham win. Jimmy Bullard's going to be crying. So. Uh, ouch. And I have um, Everton versus Wolves, and I've predicted a home win, obviously, because I think Wolves are shocking. Stoke versus West Ham, and I predicted as a draw. Um, Wigan versus Man City, away win. And then Celtic versus Motherwell, easily home win. Celtic, you're going to win this time. So Good stuff. Well, let's see how we get on over the weekend. That brings pod three to an end so anything else you want to say chaps before we, uh, yes. we say goodbye there is one thing I want to say uh, this weekend uh, starting this Saturday um, LA Galaxy are holding a competition they hold it every year to vote for Miss LA Galaxy well one of our friends isn't Nicola, that a piece of advice well Miss LA Galaxy yeah it might be but anyway our friend Nicola uh, Nicola Wales Wong she is one of the finalists so you can vote online for her come this Saturday for the, for the week starting this Saturday at lagalaxy.com so if you listen to this pod, vote for Nicola because we want to try and help her win the competition. Good luck, Nicola. Yeah. Go, Nicola. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to email us at footypod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, bye. Cheers. Bye. bye.